Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rogue Planet Podcast. I'm Jason, and Caleb and I are happy to be joined by our wonderful superstar friend, Maureen Ellsbury, today. And uh, we've been away for a while. We're happy to be back. And let's start off by talking about the incredible adventures of Miss Maureen Ellsbury. Maureen, you just took an experience. I was going to say expensive. It was. <laughs> it was expensive, but an extraordinary uh, wilderness adventure, and we need to hear all about it. Yeah, it was literally the most epic adventure I've ever had in my life. It was so much fun. It was two weeks where I went to Belize and explored old Mayan ruins through caves that you had to, you know, wade chest deep through. Um, went kayaking, diving, cave tubing. Uh, snorkeling saw some sharks uh not good ones um i went ziplining i then had this really hilarious last four days oh and i whitewater kayaked down the jungle and i saw monkeys i saw scorpions i saw snakes i saw oh i got a holden iguana nice we caught it um one of the guys climbed up a tree over the river shook it into the river it's actually not as terrible to animals as it sounds and then we got to hold this enormous <laughs> iguana which was so cool but um the last four days i decided to relax so i had this little adventure on this uh, tourist island resort and a strange experience happened to me that i just realized that i have to tell you because this was uh an extreme quest for cuban cigars so I decide, I'm like, holy shit, I haven't smoked a Cuban yet, and I've been in Belize, and I can do that here. And so I meet these other solo travelers. I'm all by myself. And we go on this little quest down these alley streets looking for a place that would sell Cubans because Easter is this huge holiday there, and everything was closed for Sunday and Monday pretty much. So all of a sudden, this guy grabs us on the side of the street, and he's like, oh, you guys are looking for cigars? And we're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're you know we're a little buzzed at this point so or maybe a little drunk and uh he's like come on come with me and he brings us into this bar with shutter doors and the shutter doors open and there are definitely just tons of prostitutes everywhere like women in skimpy clothing laying on the bar hanging around like leaning on other guys and it's like the record stops vampires yeah (laughs) seriously it was kind of dust to dawnish but uh then the guy's like trying to get the woman to be, he's like, cigar, cigars. And she's like, we don't have that here. So he just brought us into this <laughs> prostitute den for no reason. He was just hoping you'd buy well, him of course, of course they would have, yeah. Oh, needless to say, I smoked a couple cigars while I was there. Um, but I, I literally was terrified to find a place to buy them after that. I was like, oh. Understandable. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I probably got the hiv walking into that place. <laughs> Makes for a good story, though. 
Oh, it's, it was weird. <laughs> but anyways. Let me interrupt you yeah, just for a do. second. And of course, as usual, I forgot to mention our interview today. We've got a great interview with a wonderful musician. This guy I'm a, a big fan of. His name is Dustin Lanker. He's an incredible keyboard player. Um, he was for a, for a long period of time a keyboard player in one of my favorite bands, the Cherry Pop and Daddies. And he is currently the keyboard player in the ska band the Mad Caddies, and they have a new album coming out. We'll talk about that later in the interview. But Dustin Lanker interview coming up later in the show. Sloppy, Sorry, sloppy Jason. I so know. sloppy. Can't I believe know. you forgot him. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's the wine. Nice try, novice. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, um, I still want to be down in the jungle. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, and I keep getting compliments on my tan, so that's something I never have had before and in my added life. benefit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, enough about me. Caleb, you went on an adventure too. I went on many a quest while you were questing. We were equestrians, actually. Those are horse <laughs> people. Holy shit. Sorry, I've just been in like Gilbert Gottfried mode for the like last week or four. And that's a fine mode to stay in forever. I, I wouldn't mind that. <clears throat> Nails down chalkboard. My my friend Preston and I, he is he is my Gilbert Gottfried in training. Um, and we've been going on multiple adventures. I found this. Um, I'm going to go in revoice for a little while because um, my most recent adventures were very bizarre. We went to this place. It's the it's where the French Broad River goes into the Appalachian Mountains, and I had no idea this place existed. But it's just it's maybe like a forty five minute drive from my house, house if that. And uh, we get there, and I mean, I'm telling you, man, it looks like the set of The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings or or Game of Thrones or something out there. The rock formations are just insane. And at one point, I saw this like black blob coming down the river through the water and I was like what the hell is that and I saw a wild otter just rolling down the rolling down the river I'd never seen a wild otter in my life before and it was majestic it was almost like seeing a unicorn or unicron from transformers um <clears throat> but I've never seen one I'm kind of terrified uh, of them I've seen many otters in my day in the wild yeah that was that was my first otter are they are they native in the Pacific Northwest. They're, they're actually um, some that live below my parents' property in the marsh down there. The little, mm. little teeny little otters. And yeah, then, we don't have those in yeah. the old AZ. No, no. Baby otter. But uh, okay, so I attended the Ozark Mountain UFO convention with my brother um, in Arkansas, and that was an experience for sure. Um, the convention was, um, it was pretty cool. Um, do you guys know Antonio Paris? Yes. Uh, I met him out there. He was pretty nice. Um, but so I ended up at some point in the night meeting these two guys. I can't remember the one guy's name, but the other guy's name was Murdoch, which was awesome. And then we ended up in a pink limousine. <laughs> What? With Murdoch? With Murdoch. Me and Murdoch and the other boys ended up in a pink <laughs> limousine um, going to downtown Eureka Springs, which was very beautiful. Um, when the convention was over with, Micah and I went to the airport, and it's all sunny and everything out there. Like, guys, sorry, your flight's been canceled because hell is coming, and Wyatt Earp's <laughs> coming with it. 
And um, and so five minutes later, I mean, the sky turns like Ghostbusters black, and God was trying to drop a massive deuce on Eureka Springs, and uh, we had we got stuck at the airport, and like I think a tornado almost formed, um, <clears throat> and and that was crazy. But we met this girl named Sally, and she was really nice, and we hung out with her, and then um. We flew around, and my IBS flamed up while I was on the plane, and it was really hilarious. <laughs> it was really hilarious because the the pilots like, like everybody on the airplane just kind of started laughing because the pilots like, we're going to be experiencing some turbulence, and I'm pretty sure that the rest of the flight is just going to deteriorate from here. <laughs> so I'm just like, here I am in this tube going five billion miles an hour in the middle of the air that's shaking rapidly and turning on its side, and I'm just like, I really got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it was terrifying. That's the worst. It was really terrible because it's like, you know how they're like, you know how they found like Apollo 13, they'll like take you up in the plane and drop it so you're like weightless. Can you imagine crapping your pants in that state? Been there, done that. <laughs> Jason McClellan crapped his pants in the vomit comet at NASA. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was uh, no. modern art when it was all done. Yeah, that, oh. that would make a better story. Little but, Jackson uh, Pollock. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, that's the worst place for your for your IBS to act up. But uh, but the good news, you know, is when when the plane myself. is shaking around and people are freaking out and stuff, they're not paying attention to you, so it's okay if you're trapped in the bathroom. Believe me, I'm not sure I would have been able to make it to the bathroom, and that's the scary part about it at all. <laughs> it's like this is my new friend Sally, and I just shit on her. But what about Murdoch? Murdoch wasn't on the plane, thank God. I couldn't have lived with myself if knowing, knowing that he'd seen me crap myself. So, uh, did you guys order the pink limousine, or did you order a limousine and it showed up pink? Um, I'm not really It arrived in a black me. limousine, and he sent it back. <laughs> I ordered pink, damn it. <laughs> this isn't the, t- the limo I asked for. I don't know why I felt this was a pertinent uh, piece of the story. I think it's an important detail. Yeah. Like, why are you getting in a limousine? <laughs> well, did Dolores Cannon order it for you? <laughs> no, no. But I did, I did, I did see her. And then everything went to shit. Not really. I mean, that, that was yeah. Like, I hope not literally. That's awful. And then everything was at least covered in shit. So, it sounds like you made a lot of friends, Caleb. You know what? I really did, and I keep meeting more and more people. I found out recently that I also can rock tweed. Hmm. A tweed uh, tweed coat. Okay. And I look dazzling in it because it's it's still not completely warm here in the evenings. And my buddy my buddy Caesar got his car stolen last night. That's the end of the story. Well, that sounds fun. Did yeah. you steal it? Um, in I your mean, tweed coat. It may or may not be in my driveway. When you said you uh, figured out you could rock tweed, I was imagining you thinking about Caleb Hanks. I was imagining you uh, getting drunk and kind of stumbling and falling into a guitar amplifier or something and getting the tweed from the amp, like your body through the amp, and you're walking around with this punctured amp wrapped around you. This tweed amp. That was funny. I was thinking of more of like a, a prissy... Uh, British Inspector Gadget. 
that he stole from Murdoch. <laughs> no, not 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 Inspector Gadget. I it's more Doctor Who. Doctor All Who. All right. I love Doctor Who. Well, I'm glad you had some adventures there, Caleb. You always do. I always do. I what was about you, also, man? What were you doing? I was also traveling. I went to beautiful Boise, Idaho, and I've been educated. I now know that it's pronounced Boise, not Boise. Boise? Boise, like Gary, yes. Gary Boise? <laughs> 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 yes, it has the C, and that's how you know, or that's how the locals know that you know what the hell you're doing. God, have oh. you seen his Amazon uh, commercial? Uh, yes. Jesus Christ, man. I don't know what Amazon was thinking, yeah, you what, know. What I like Amazon angle? and their products, but... If if that service is for Gary Busey, I don't know if it's for me. I think what they were trying to say is if Gary can talk to it, then <laughs> if it can understand Gary, it can. It, yeah, I think that's right. It makes sense. Well, I was in uh, Boise checking out the area and stuff, and I have a lot of family up there. So my wife and I were hanging out up there, walking along the river, and eating lots of food and drinking lots of drink. And then I've been spending, well, I won't say I've been spending a lot of time because I haven't, but the uh, wonderful television show that I was on, Hangar 1, The UFO Files, came to an end. And uh, so that that series wrapped up, and there was recently a marathon of that, too, where it was going all day pretty much last weekend. Um, but part of my great joy in watching those shows when they're airing is watching the comments on Twitter that people are are leaving, and a lot of them are are quite hilarious. But one person pointed out that Trojan during during uh, some of these episodes was advertising their new vibrating twister during Hangar One, and they pointed out that gives a whole new meaning to being probed. So wait, what part of it vibrates? The entire thing. What? I've not seen this object it's it's not a a condom it's a vibrator oh oh i thought but when it, since when is trojan coming out with vibrators oh they're all over they're the not trying now. to hit all the markets huh? oh, that's wait, right wait, hold on hold on the, the name of it is twister it's called the vibrating twister okay because i was thinking the game twister <laughs> i thought you were seriously talking about a game twister that when you landed on it it vibrated and it was supposed to be a pleasure device Oh, you innocent child, you. Can I get the new Operation Trust game? Trust your loins bike? on the orange circle. <laughs> yeah. I really want to see the Operation game with the wiggling dick. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. I'm sure it does. Somewhere. Well, there has been a lot of good geeky news out lately, so let's jump into that. And I guess we might as well start with our favorite topic, Star Wars. I swear we've probably talked about Star Wars on like 90% of the co- of the podcast so far. Because it's the best happening right now. It, yeah. I, it's an exciting time for sure. I, I'm just like, like we said before, man, I saw what J.J. did with Star, Star Trek and I just, I think he's going to knock it out of the park, man. I hope so. I am, I'm hopeful, you know, things are, are lining up. Nicely, I think. So we'll wait and see what the story's like. But uh, I'm optimistic with this. Yeah. You know, and so 
I don't think many people were surprised when the casting news came out. And, uh, of course, we saw Adam Driver, who we discussed on the show earlier. That's right. Um, that came to fruition. Yeah. And that he's probably, most likely... Probably, yeah. ...going to be playing um, Han and Leia's son, who turns to the dark side. I mean, that's the... the Ruma. Yes, as is, you might is say. That, uh, does that go along with the mythology in the in the novels at all? Yes. It does? Mm-hmm. A little bit. <clears throat> but remember, all of the novels are thrown out now. Yeah, right. I know. I saw that, too. Well, and that's the thing is we don't know whether um, they're going to really follow through with some of the plot points or or just throw them out and start over. Yeah, yeah, that's the big question now because they've they've gotten rid of all that saying that's not part of the official story now. So, who knows? And and because they made a point to do that, I'm wondering if they that's because they intentionally planned to change some of what people have assumed is the story. Yeah, I kind of hope they do that a little bit because I it's I I like to be thrown for a loop every once in a while and I mean kind of JJ's kind of the man at that because I mean, with like the Cloverfield hype and and keeping the monster secret and lost for God's sake. Still, well, I, I don't even know what the hell happened on was lost. That, yeah, well, did you no, say Cloverfield? Cloverfield. Cloverfield. I thought you were talking about Cloverfield. I was I, excited. Did I tell you that there's a two part? I finished a two part script of of episode two and three that are conjoining to be continued series, Grimmerins and Grimmerins two. Oh, jeez. I do enjoy the sound of that. We'll have it's, to talk more about that. It's going to be great. I've already The production has already started. Excellent. All right, back to Star Wars. Yeah. <clears throat> so I will say, um, and, you know, maybe this is for the better. There was the disappointing um, thing that the rumor about Benedict Cumberbatch is he is not going to be in the film now. Yeah. Though it was rumored he was going to. I know a lot of people are happy about that because he's sort of popping up everywhere. Sometimes it's good to have a little variants but i, still I know love that's him, that's so. sad news for you it's okay yeah. it's okay i'll get for me it. i'm i'm more disappointed in the fact that we have yet to hear anything about lando oh no lando dude yeah. he'll be back you know he I was on so. dancing with the stars <laughs> yeah uh, he, had, he had to bail though did you see that he bailed from the show because he <clears throat> just couldn't do it oh no yeah. i just saw the beginning part so how do you think he's gonna thrive in a star wars environment if you can't even hack it on dancing with the stars can you I imagine? think he'll be just fine <laughs> in Star Wars. Hey, if Peter Mayhew can do it, yeah. anybody well, can no, do no, no. it. Well, no, no, no. This is the funniest, as I was thinking about this the other day, is Kenny Baker, who plays R2-D2. Can you imagine him in the R2-D2 wheeling around? He's 83 years old. <laughs> His R2-D2's arms and legs are actually Kenny Baker's walker. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like, it's like a high-tech... A wheelchair or something, or a high tech walker. Yeah, it's not so bad. He just gets to roll around. <laughs> just but sits it, in there. It is pretty funny. Though. He sits yeah, in there. About, I love that he's doing it. I, I love do that all too. The characters are I do back. too. It's such a like big nerd thing for yeah. all of us Star Star Wars lovers. They could get anybody technically to replace yeah. that role, but it wouldn't be the same. Well, yeah, so it's great. with three PO and with Chewbacca, yeah. exactly. They wear costumes the entire show, but. Yeah. Dude, I bet the inside of R2-D2's like the TARDIS. It's like this giant command sitter on the inside, and Kenny Baker's just sitting in there like with a like a tiki bar, like, come on in. But, dude, you know, like Mark Hamill is looking a little like he lost a few boxing matches. and But, dude, can you imagine what Admiral Akbar looks like now? <laughs> He's like, holy 
crap. Yeah, he, he's probably not... I don't think time probably agreed with him very well, but, uh, you know, I, I will say this for, for Mark. From what I've seen in the recent images of him, the most recent that we've seen, I think he's looking better now than he has in uh, a few years. I mean, he's certainly he's, got a He's looked pretty rough. For voice acting. <laughs> oh, and, nice. And Carrie Fisher's been looking rough, too. But you know what? I think these guys are going to pull it off. I think it's going to fit the storyline. They'll make it work. Um, Harrison Ford, of course, always looks flawless. Oh, he's so gorgeous, 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 so, man. Yeah, I mean, see, seeing that that photo that they posted, and we have that on RoguePlanet.tv as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Harrison Ford, I got to say, even with all those young actors, he, he, it's kind of looking like the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, best looking dude. Uh, what's funny is that there was a little bit of internet uh, reaction for this, where everyone kept commenting about. Nobody puts R2-D2 in the corner because he was in a box in right. the corner behind. Like, why isn't he on the couch? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor okay. R2. Poor R2. Well, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I'm glad they finally announced it. Finally announced that we have Han, Luke, and Leia back in the show. That'll be good. Keep my fingers crossed for, for Lando. I would be happy about that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait till uh, December 18, 2015 to see the show, but I'm sure we'll hear. I think I'm going to be alive by then. <laughs> wow, that's optimistic. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But uh, this is super hot news, so anything related to Star Wars Episode Seven, so I'm sure we'll hear much, much more and will occupy a lot of our conversation in the coming weeks. What's so, next, um, pals? Well, I have to do a little shout out tribute today we see off into the netherworlds bob hoskins oh yeah and he will be missed as well man i love bob hoskins and everybody hated that mario brothers movie but i thought it was so ridiculous i loved it i like a lot of those similar movies no i i I mean I, i won't say i loved it but uh i wasn't offended by it and i i've got to compliment you caleb i mean you you have a knack for bringing us down on the show, talking about the dead people. But uh, I do appreciate that you do it because we, we it's, a, it's an important thing, I think, that we mention these people. Absolutely, man. Poor yeah. Eddie. Yeah. I know. Well, speaking about uh, people dying, that happens on Jurassic Park, and we just found out that uh, Jurassic Park, the directors have revealed that they're already planning more sequels. What? Yeah, Blaster posted an article saying that, that they're... Uh, Already thinking about uh, the future beyond Jurassic World. So we'll see what comes of that. I think it's hilarious how these things get planned so far in advance. Um, Just today, in fact, I think it was today, uh, they announced that Sharknado, they just signed on for a Sharknado 3. Wow. And Sharknado 2 hasn't even happened. So, man, that's. How you go, Maureen? No, I'm just I'm I was a little disappointed by that news because it's like give us a little time to relish the fact that you made this absolutely terrible movie that we all loved because it was so bad that we're getting a second one. Let us have that joy. Now it's like ah, there's going to be a third. Eh, yeah, I but I mean that's I I totally see their angle though because it's just like oh my god, people actually liked liked this. Let's capitalize on it while it's still fresh. Well, they can certainly do that, and I understand the idea behind that. However, you know, things move so quickly now, um, and what the public, what they're drawn to, I mean, even they acknowledge that the success of Sharknado 1 
was such a fluke. It just kind of happened and became this social media storm, um, and it kind of exploded. The second one could completely bomb. Right. Maybe people won't won't even watch it, but if they do, it might suck and get a huge backlash. Then they've already made this announcement that they're doing a third. You know, I think it's premature to jump yeah. to it now before the second one and say, hey, more Sharknado. But, but really, how long does it take to film a sci-fi movie? That's Probably right. They, like they whip out weeks. these sci-fi original <laughs> movies pretty fast. And I got to say, I mean, I've said it before. I'm, I'm a fan of these. I mean, I, I don't care how crappy they are. I enjoy spending my Saturdays and or Sundays watching sci-fi and watching these terrible things. Loser. Yes. With a nice with a nice drink, you know, I'm sitting on the couch not doing anything. I don't have to think at all. I just have to laugh at nice. all of the people dying. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's I love a cheap laugh sometime when it's just like, man, I didn't even have to like I don't know. It's just I love I love incredibly ridiculous horrible movies. They're so funny to me. But as far as the movie world goes, man, the comic book movie world is like exploding right now. Mm-hmm. And that's another, I don't know, I'm of the opinion, I think they're going overboard a bit here, but yes, you are right. Just comic book movie explosion happening right now. I mean, DC... Wolverine. Huh? Oh, I know. I was just about to say, yeah, they're killing off Wolverine this September. Yep. I like that we have a due date for his death. That's right. Death date. He'll come back, though. I mean, everybody comes back. They've killed Captain America. He came back... Uh... Spider-Man isn't even Spider-Man anymore. Some random kid. But uh, DC is, like, planning to roll out, like, all these new movies and basically trying to do what Marvel does. And, frankly, I'm just not excited about it. I never really liked the DC characters all that much. But I don't know. I mean, I think Marvel's really doing a pretty good job. But our friend at Rogue Planet, Ryan Sprague, the man who... He must be like some compulsive poster, man. That guy just, he can throw up an article in five minutes and it's great. Well, he is a writer. He's a playwright. Writing is what he does for a living. And now he is actually on staff with what? A&E? Yeah. Oh, Annie. I think it's A&E TV uh, writing for a television series. So, yes, he is a writer. Writing is is in his blood. So, yeah, man, he pumps it out pretty fast. But uh, we've had some exciting news for us Rogue Planeteers because uh, Ryan has a really good friend that got cast as the villain, I think it is, Cyborg in the new new Batman versus Superman movie. And that's a pretty damn big deal, man. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's been talking about that for a little bit, thinking it would happen, and it did. And that's pretty incredible. And hopefully... Because of his relationship, we can get us uh, an exclusive interview for Rogue Planet. But uh, congrats to him, man. That's really exciting. Yeah, Ray Fisher is the young actor's name. So that's really, really cool. Knowing Ryan, I mean, he's thrown up a pretty exclusive content up here before, like with the lead singer of Amberlin interview that was uh, Rogue Planet excuse- exclusive. So I hope that we get that because, I mean, man, that's I mean, that's kind of a it's, – it's a controversial project alone just having Ben Affleck as Batman. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't count the number of just conversations I've overheard in the past month alone. Just like in the grocery store, hearing like the produce guys talking to each other, and just like these random conversations of people talking about Batman and how they're violently oppo- opposed to Ben Affleck. <laughs> 
I mean, I I honestly think he's gonna do a pretty good job. I think he's gonna do just fine. I, I like it sounds weird to me, but I think it's gonna work. Well, I feel bad for anybody coming into any of these roles because yeah. they're huge shoes to fill. You've got gigantic, passionate fanboys and fangirls out there who aren't gonna be happy because you're changing something that they know and love. Right. So I mean, I it, think just making a movie in the wake of. You know, The Dark Knight, the one with Heath Ledger as the Joker. I think making a, a film about Batman after that is just hard in general. I mean, that yeah. that movie was just... Not to say the third one was ter- was bad. I liked the third one. But that second one, The Dark Knight, was just mind-blowing. Yeah. Is your mind blown still? <laughs> it is. It is. You know, I, I love we were talking about, about X-Men and, and Wolverine. I uh, thought I would mention that... Uh, the amazing Sir Patrick Stewart is coming back to television. Stars just announced that it ordered a Seth MacFarlane comedy that stars Patrick Stewart. Yes. Yeah, I so know. Patrick I Stewart that. will be back on TV. This is great. And of course, I mean, I would love to hear more because I'm not that familiar with the relationship these guys have, but it must be good because Patrick Stewart does voice a regular character on American Dad, one of Seth MacFarlane's shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's voiced stuff on Family Guy. And so they must have a, a pretty good relationship here. But this is this is a... Uh, Stars picked up uh, two seasons, so 20 episodes of this half-hour scripted comedy called Blunt Talk. And when I heard this, I started laughing. I was really, Patrick Stewart's going to, like, be high and talk about marijuana and stuff? But, <laughs> no, he's just uh, sharing his opinion, I guess, and guidance and stuff, and I don't really understand it. But uh, it's comedy. It's Patrick Stewart. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Awesome. There's a lot of uh, projects on the horizon. And there's, you know, they just released a more amped up trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. Yeah, I uh, saw that. Today, yeah, and it's extended with even more footage of the ridiculous looking turtles. There are so many good things in the works and and just on the cusp of coming out. Like that's one of them. I'm because we've heard so much about that one for so long. I'm so excited to see that one. And Godzilla, man, that thing keeps coming together too. Um, have you seen the 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 um international trailer that I think just hit like today? With the with the new monster that's like flying around the city. No, I didn't see the one that came out today. I mean, it, it, it's it's pretty awesome. Like it was the first thing I woke up to this morning was my brother going, "Dude, did you see the new Godzilla trailer?" Um, but it, it almost puts Godzilla in the light that he's like the hero monster and this this flying. It's not Mothra. It doesn't look like Mothra, but you know maybe it wasn't. And here was something that was kind. Of, if it is a version of Mothra, this is something kind of. Uh, interesting a few people have pointed out on the internet there's a scene where half where it's kind of like panning by a build by a bunch of buildings that are destroyed and there's like half of a building ripped off and in one of the floors you can see two people that seem to look like they're wearing the exact same thing walk up and a lot of people are speculating that it's the two twin girls that were like the harbinger of mothra in the old films do you remember them i think so they they were they were just in like the Mothra movies or whatever, so maybe it's some sort of like throwback to that. That's just something like an Easter egg potentially. It could be nothing, but uh, it looks really, really awesome. That's pretty exciting. And when is Godzilla supposed to come out? May fifteenth. You know? May fifteenth. Really? That's, oh, that's soon? soon. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. awesome. Oh. Not to mention Spider Man. I cannot eh. wait. I can't wait for that movie. I'm having trouble going to the Spider Mans now. I mean, there's just. 
I'm sorry. I mean, I just, I still hate Tobey Maguire's face. <laughs> well, think... at least he's not in this one. Yeah, so. I was going to say. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, I think the trailer for the new Spider-Man looks incredible. Have either of you uh, followed any developments with uh, Justice League? Uh, I know Zack Snyder is going to direct it, but once again, I just don't care about DC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you've you made that clear. <laughs> Superman's just too super. And Batman's well, obviously a closet alcoholic. Well, yeah. I think you said closet. He's a party boy. Classic closet? Cla- classic closet. closet. Classic. Well, I like Superman because he's a Superman. He's an alien who has all these awesome powers. Unlike other superheroes who don't really have powers, they just have cool costumes. That's why I just don't understand Batman versus Superman. It's like Superman's just going to break his neck and the movie's going to be over with. That's right. Just shoot laser beams out of his eyes and kill him. I mean, over and done. But <laughs> the, the movie's just going to be a trailer. <laughs> yeah i i don't get it either i'm sure it'll be a great movie but um yeah what are you gonna do yeah well either way to change gears we gotta go on to some other news very very bizarre and interesting thing came up today a death scene note found in kurt cobain's wallet Mm. was released that is very contrary to the original uh courtney is a wonderful, amazing wife that sweats excellence and pisses magic. And but uh, have you guys? Uh, did you guys get a chance to look at this story? Yes, I did. Uh, apparently, the note said, um, "Pardon my language here," that she had a, a zitty face bitch who spent all his money on um, something like drugs and whoring or yeah, something. I, I've actually got the quote right here. <clears throat> it said. Do you, Kurt Cobain, take Courtney Michelle Love to be your lawful shredded wife even when she's a bitch with zits and siphoning all your money for doping and whoring? Doping, uh, that's it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this could potentially spark a, a trial. Well, yeah, I mean, technically it could. It's the police just releases. And it's it's funny that this was such a cold case and it's coming back up now. Um, but... Who knows? I mean, it's kind of a big mystery at this point. It's always going to be a mystery. I mean, and new evidence that comes out, I don't really think it's going to change anything. Um, it's not going to bring Kurt and, back. And no. honestly, who who of us didn't already know that uh, Courtney was crazy and a sit faced bitch or whatever? <laughs> hey, did she did she find the missing Malaysian airline yet? What is she, is she looking for that? Yeah, she said that she was using Google Maps to look for the militia for, for the Malaysian airliner. Yes. Oh Jesus! Her in her Gary mind, Busey. she probably found it uh, five times. Yeah, her and Gary Busey. Hey, I I will say this: that um, when I was in fifth grade, well, this is I think prior to Kurt's passing, that all of me and my girlfriends would all listen to Hole's cassette tape. <laughs> cassette tape celebrity skin was a really great album um but but didn't it have a producer like i heard something recently it's like somebody was like very heavily producing it and it was somebody that like never worked with hole before or after i could be completely wrong but all i all i know is i want to be the girl with most cake 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what I learned. <laughs> Did you listen to Kitty? No, but I had to see them play, unfortunately, one time. But uh, but no, I did not listen to him. Or wait, no, 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 it wasn't Kitty. It was L7 I had to see play. I don't know L7. Ah, uh, L7. Yeah, I saw um, I saw the Go-Go's with Berlin and L7 opened up for them. It's not a bad show. <laughs> it, it was actually a pretty amazing yeah. show on the pier in Seattle. I saw, Excellent. I saw the worst video ever the other day, and it was, um, I don't know if you guys remember this band, Coal Chamber. Uh, I think I remember the name of the band, but no, it's not a fan. Not ringing a bell for me. They had one song called Loco, and it was like, you know, it was just like this crappy new metal band. But I saw this video that, like, it really depressed me to know that, like, things like this still existed. But, um, like, Cold Chamber comes out on stage. They're all looking like the years have been mistreating them. And the lead singer walks out with a bald eagle on his arm. And just walks around the stage for a minute like, what's going on? <laughs> like, War Out Fest 2014. Strangely, we're still alive. And yes, I do have a majestic bald eagle on my arm. Then this guy comes over, just takes it from me. He's like, yep, I just had an eagle for a second. And then they open the show with the one song that everybody knew, which just, I mean, that right there is admitting failure. Are you sure that wasn't Ted Nugent? Yeah. America. America. Man, Ted, he's a piece of work. Didn't you recently write a song of the same name? What? Or it had Loco in it, didn't it? Oh, what? the the Tropic song? The Which... song you wrote for some Caribbean island or something. No, no, I didn't I didn't write the song. No, it's Bocaron. Bocaron. Uh, uh, Joshua P. Warren wrote the song and he had me he commissioned me to like turn it into an actual uh, That's right. thing. To make it into music. Oh, so so I I just thought of this because you said new metal, and all of a sudden I started thinking about real metal. And I'm going to do a little shameless plug for my... My good high school friend has released this book. It's coming out on May 9th called um, Metal Dudes and Cats. And it has (laughs) been blowing up. I have seen uh, interviews and reviews all over NPR, Slate, Vice, Vice. Italian Rolling Stone, just everywhere. And this book is about metal guys and their cats. And it's just pictures, photographs of them holding their cats. Like famous metal musicians and their cats? And some of them aren't even famous. But it's amazing. Just metal guys with cats, yeah. You know, your friend... get a kick out of it. It's kind of an evil genius. It's like, I mean, you never know exactly what kind of stuff is going to blow up. But, I mean, that is a really hilarious concept. But it's just like, man... Why are we? Why am I still where I am? Why haven't I made a book like that? I know. Well, she worked on it for four years, and she's going to grad school right now. And and so good for her. Her name's Alexandra Crockett. So everyone should order the book because it's it's pretty awesome. It sounds awesome. Yeah, that's super rad. That sounds like something that uh, Urban Outfitters would just eat up. Hmm. I think the internet will eat it up. You can order it on Amazon now. Because, I mean, have you guys been to Urban Outfitters recently? No. It's it's like... Mm, I think the last time I was in Urban Outfitters was probably 1999. Because uh, the... Uh, I mean, it's it's just like shirts with memes on them. I mean, it's like Grumpy Cat store now. Well, I... Well, isn't that every store? Like Old Navy and Target and... I don't know if I've seen Grumpy Cat at Old Navy. I think last time I was in Urban Outfitters, I was looking for 
I don't know, some sort of shirt or a dress. And all I could find were little teeny crop tops. And I turned around and walked out and said, okay, I'm possibly officially too old for this store. And and the little crop tops were $755. Oh, no, they're not. That good. $54. <laughs> Yet still... Caleb still creeps around that store looking. Because, Caleb, do you know that Sunday is unofficial Star Wars Day? May the 4th be with you. And your birthday. And my 30th birthday. Hooray! Yay! Happy birthday, Marin. Yeah. Too old to go into Urban Outfitters. <laughs> I think this calls for a mandolin playing of Happy Birthday. Oh. It's in my car. <laughs> oh, bummer. See, I knew that, and I knew I was safe to say that because you wouldn't be able to come through. Well, next time, okay, well, what's going to happen in the meantime is you're going to have to record that special Happy Birthday song for me and send it to me via email. MP- I'll do that. One of those MP3s they talk about these days. You know, it'd be Do fun. they still talk about MP3s? <laughs> no, that I might be outdated. So. You kids in your damn flack files. <laughs> <laughs> your lossless audio quality. Oh, man. I've been packing up a bunch of shit at, at my house and going through all sorts of old media storage devices. And, you know, I've got this stuff that not too long ago was pretty high-tech stuff. And you know, all these compact flashcards and... And different things. And even looking at my old video stuff, you know, got stuff that, I mean, we're not talking that long ago. I mean, I guess it's a long time ago, like 10, shit, I guess 15 years. So it is old. But looking at like, you know, old video um, discs that I would record concerts and stuff on, like the mini DV and and even beyond that, digital eight, things like that. I have nothing to play those things on anymore. So I've got all this, all these media storage devices, and I have no way of getting what I have on those devices off because it's so outdated. It's like I, I really want to get this play off of this old um, floppy disk or hard. Yeah, it's one of the big ones. Um, that one I of wrote, the big ones? Yeah, that I wrote in fourth grade. <laughs> Holy crap. What were those? The five and a quarter? Five and a quarter, whatever and they, they were. were the super soft, pliable yeah. ones. Wow. Yeah, I still have The original it. floppy disk. How the hell am I supposed to get that off? I'm yeah, you're to, not getting that. I'm going to have to search someone down that has some sort of weird I'm sure converter. there's someone on the on the internet that you can send it to, and they'll do it, and right. they'll charge you a lot of money. I mean, as many, yeah. school, as many schools as used to have those things, there's got to be some something somewhere in a rummage sale. I was kind of blown away recently. I bought a, I bought a computer for my mom, and uh, it's uh, it's running Windows 7, and it has a damn floppy disk drive on it. Isn't that kind of weird? That is weird. Um, I was really upset when they stopped, by default, having floppy disk drives on computers. Now they don't even have DVD drives. But, but here's that the super- frustrates me to no end. But. Here's the super weird thing about it. Okay, it does. It has a floppy disk drive, but it does not have the usual. I think it's a, like a six prong circular input for like a mouse and a keyboard. It doesn't have that at all. It's only got USB for the keyboard and the mouse inputs. Who still has a PS2 input or whatever for their keyboard and mouse? I mean, <laughs> that's um, really old. Actually, Caleb. I do have in my in my storage locker, but hasn't I don't been know. Long. I'm trying to think if my Hackintosh has those. I can't see at this point. Yeah, that's really old. I haven't seen those on a computer in quite a while. We bought okay. We bought two compacts. I think it was in like compact. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. This was 2005. Okay, I, and the, okay, that's that makes better. sense. Then. And this thing, I mean, it just won't die. Yeah, 
until recently, um, you know, the, it, we couldn't really update it sufficiently because, you know, there's like they're not making any more um, they're not making any more software updates and and virus protection for like XP. Right. So I was like, well, unless it's unless it's like not hooked up to the Internet, you know, it could mess up. So we just figured buy a new one. But I don't know. It's just like I want to live. That's interesting. I never had any any good luck with compacts. I didn't either. And Those I used were terrible machines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we sound so old talking about technology that really isn't that old. But, man, stuff changes so fast. And it's changing at an ever-accelerating pace, it seems. I mean, I, I hate that. I'm a technology lover. I love gadgets. I love technology. I love everything that technology gives us. But... It's moving so fast right now that I don't think the technology has the appropriate time to mature and be perfected because as soon as something comes out, it's already outdated and we're on to the next thing. Things move so quickly. It's it's really frustrating. Have you seen that they're rumoring that um, and not to I know you guys are Roku users and so am I. I bought an Apple TV and it literally is like a coaster, but uh, apparently Mm -hmm. Siri is coming to Apple TV. I think I read something recently what? about that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's what they're all doing with the Amazon thing yeah. and, and all these products that you can talk to. Yeah, the Xbox. Um, you know, that's all fine and good. Like, I have Siri on my phone. I use it maybe once. Uh, if I use it once every couple of months, that's a lot. You know, usually I'll... I'll I guess probably the only time I use it is if I'm in a crowd and I want to quickly know what like a game is, or a score is for a sporting event or something like football game. And I can ask it quickly. Um, other than that, like I don't really use it. Um, I don't think I would use it in a TV situation. I can see, I can see the purpose for this. So let's say I have Apple TV in my living room, my Roku in my bedroom. I'm going to sit in the living room. Siri, it's Friday night. I'm single. I'm home alone. I'm crying. I have ice cream. God almighty. Play a chick flick. I'm not saying I would do that. And, I'm just and, saying. And, and knowing, then, knowing, what, and knowing the type of answers like, that yeah. Siri gives, I wouldn't be surprised if she came back and said, you need to kill yourself. No. But she's a cold <laughs> Yeah, she is, she, she is really cold. But she, what she should say is, please watch this depressing chick flick. Like, you know, or something I, like I can see that with the recommendations, yeah. And I know cable providers, they have their services that do that too. I can maybe see that, but I have limited success with asking questions. What? Usually it says, you want me to Google that? What What about if it's like something, if she can pull up something where I'm like, not me, again, sorry. Siri. Hypothetical. <laughs> can you uh, recommend a horror movie with as much nudity as possible? And she's like, yes. <laughs> I have 450 recommendations. 450 horror movies with nudity. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, I actually do use Siri quite a bit, but I am looking forward to about the next four or five years of technology because I really like voice-activated things, but Siri is just not cutting it. I mean, most of the time I'm just like, God damn, Siri, how much have you had to drink today? It's like she just comes back with some of the weirdest shit. But Here's the funny thing with technology. I mean, I remember probably, I want to say 20 years ago, um, with some of the early computers that my family had, they had the ability, and this stuff was all brand new, but they had like a microphone with the computer that had the ability to do voice commands 
and things on your computer. And I would sit there with the computer and play with it and program it to have these different commands to where I could say, computer, launch this, and it would do it. I mean, this is 20 years ago, and it actually worked pretty well. What, so, what system was this? This was a, a very early version of a, a Dell computer, right back when Dell actually first started. Um, was this before the slogan, dude, you got a Dell? Yes, it was before oh. that. I'm, I'm sad that ever happened. But, but anyway. yeah, I mean, I remember I was able to completely customize my system, and it was great, and my dad hated it because it was his system. But, you know, I would have it to where it would have custom open music and and exit music. Both, I think, were Star Trek at the time. But uh, I was able to, you know, do voice commands and la- launch applications. I could even type with my voice and, and lots of interesting things that... You know, I can sort of do, and I've been able to do with computers since, but it's been less quality, less accurate than the very, very early version that I was exposed to. So, you know what? Interesting, I, man. I just I wear out the uh, the speaking capability on my Mac. Yeah, I love that because when I'm like doing show prep for Grayling Report or something like that, I mean, like I'm trying to take in as much information as I can as possible. And you can set the the speed of the, the speech, you know, and all that. And I've set it pretty quick. So and I've already and I've also set up a hotkey for it. So if I just highlight something, it'll start talking automatically. But man, you can just burn through articles like that. Yeah. And I, I love technology. And I agree with you, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next five years. I mean, we're just gonna have a technology explosion. And I think we're all going to be robots and robots are going to be working with us and for us and we're going to be working for robots but oh yeah i mean five five years things are going to just explode there was a there was a cyborg speaking in Asheville recently at moogfest you know we have um i don't know if you're familiar with him do you have moogfest is there yeah bob moog used to live here Oh, holy cow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was just last weekend. Uh, for the listeners, if they don't know, Bob Moog was the guy that invented the Moog synthesizer. Um, Some of you might pronounce it Moog, but yeah, it's Moog. It's M-O-O-G. But the funny thing is, okay, Moog was you know obviously into technology. He used to hang around with Ray Kurzweil, who is also pretty much Wow, the I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, because Kurzweil created the Kurzweil keyboards. Uh, and and worked very closely with Stevie Wonder. He also invented uh, uh, invented the first uh, machine that could read things for blind people. But those guys used to like hang out and were good buddies. And uh, yeah, they have Mogfest in town. So part of the whole event was they had a bunch of like transhuman speakers and and uh, technologists uh, people come and tell tell all this stuff. And this one guy, um, I can't remember his name at the moment. But he is like a living cyborg because apparently he was colorblind. And so they drilled into the back of his head and put this weird little apparatus that comes up and over around his face. And uh, and he he claims to be able to, you know, hear colors and 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 see sound and stuff like that. You know, I don't know if he actually is, but uh, he obviously has some sort of augmenting technology. I mean, dude, we are seeing the first dawn of the cyborgs. That's awesome. And I think, you know, that's more common than we realize because I know I see similar stories somewhat regularly and they don't really generate a lot of buzz, but this stuff is happening. And we're seeing that integration of technology and biology. It's pretty exciting. But I want to, have you ever been to Moogfest? 
I I actually haven't. There's a couple of uh, festivals. Dude, I'm gonna have town, to. But... I mean that that gives me more incentive to come out and see you because I would love to go to Moog Fest. I own a Moog. Okay, so well, dude, dude, okay. <laughs> I love Moog products. The bass player of Crazy Tom Banana Pants works at Moog. I mean, there's a huge, wow. There's a huge um, uh, headquarters right downtown. And that's pretty much where they kind of like have have everything like the hub. And man, you can go through there and take tours, and it's awesome. It's so wow. cool. So, I, dude, please come to Moog Fest next year. It would be so fun. I would I feel love like to I do that. Applied for a job with them once. Yeah, that's Maureen, pretty cool. you get a job with with Moog and move here. If you wish. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's 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 all the more reason to rope Jason into moving too. Yeah, dude, I would do that. I man. Hey, if Moog. you're looking, you know, if you're if anybody's looking for work, just saying, I could probably I could probably procure, require, I could get a job. You can put in a good word at Moog. Absolutely. Wow, right. that's something to consider. I'll have to keep that in mind. Do you guys want to be Moog reps? Oh, I would be a Moog rep. I'd go around all the different conferences and I'll rep the a... shit out of some Moog. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while we're on the subject of Moog and talking about keyboards and synthesizers, why don't we jump into our interview with the incredible keyboard player, Mr. Dustin Lanker. I am psyched to be here with my buddy Dustin from many, many bands, the great keyboard player, Dustin Lanker. How are you, Dustin? Good. Thanks, Jason. Absolutely, man. Um, Yeah, it's been a little while since we've chatted, but... You know, the news just came out uh, recently that the Mad Caddies have a new album dropping on Fat Records coming out May 13th called Dirty Rice. So I have heard the one song that has been publicly released on this called Brand New Scar. Is that right? Yeah. All right. And I got to say, I'm pretty amped on this tune, uh, primarily because it's very heavy on the keys. And that's got to make you happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, not in the sense of, um, I guess, not in the sense of uh, personal exposure or anything like that, but being able to contribute to a song, you know, when you really feel as one of the musicians and songwriters that you got to really, that what you did really helped the song out, that's always great. So, yeah, the keys on this, um, you know, play a crucial role, and that that's always fun to be uh, to be central in the in the tune. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I love how Alternative Press described this track. They called it Punk Meets Ragtime, and I think that's quite fitting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely got an edge. Um, but, the, I mean, harmonically and melodically, it's very, uh, very influenced by ragtime and kind of uh, old barroom saloon music. So from what I've heard so far, uh, it seems to be... The the track the the album already seems to have a I don't know a slightly different feel from previous albums. It seems I don't want to say slower, but you know, is that going to be consistent throughout the album? Is this a kind of a different pace for the Caddies? Well, it's definitely um, there's a couple of faster, uh, more punk tunes. Okay, but definitely. I mean, there's uh, you know the the different influences. Uh, you know, a lot of them are. You know, there's the reggae influence that's generally not super fast. There's some faster paced, um, I guess, more ska tunes and stuff like that. But um, it's definitely, I mean, and it's a funny uh, single to put out first because it is a medium tempo song. Um, yeah. But uh, it, I wouldn't say that it's all the way through a, a medium tempo album, but um, definitely there's some kind of uh, 
you know, uh, some of our favorite tunes or the tunes that are, are the ones that we're pushing off of the album are kind of, um, even when they have an edge, they've kind of got a, a groovy side to them. And that's, that's um, this one definitely is kind of a, a stomp, I'd, I'd say, something like that. Yeah, I dig that. That sounds awesome. And, you know, to me it seems, and I might be wrong because I can't say that I paid super close attention in the past year or so, but um, in recent years, it seems like the Mad Caddies have done most of their touring internationally. Is that the case? And, and why is that? Well, um, the the band, uh, and it's true, um, the band became really popular in uh, particularly Germany, but uh, has a really good uh, following across most of um, most of Western Europe and some of Eastern Europe. Um, and so that kind of, um, you, you know, definitely a lot of the U.S. touring uh, kind of fell by the wayside. Um, it was also, you know, it's a lot more difficult in a lot of ways. Um, and if you don't have, um, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of bands that are able to uh, gut it out in the U.S. year after year. But um, in particular, uh, once we got to the point where the album, the last album, had been out for five years, um, this because this one took us, uh, I guess, seven to make now. Um, right. But but it became even even harder, and and we hadn't uh, hadn't fostered those markets. So um, we're definitely these. We've been playing in the states a bunch now again, and it's it's great. That's something that we really want to get back into. That's really exciting to see, and yeah, I guess having a, a new album to tour behind will help that. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I imagine there's probably a similar situation um, that you encountered with the the Cherry Pop and Daddies, because I think there was a was there, there an eight-year gap, I think, um, after the hiatus and then coming back with an album? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing, is that those markets, it's really, it's funny. There's, um, you know, you look at, at, at people who just, uh, you know, play nonstop and who really hit all of the, you know, the A and B markets and sometimes C markets, um, you know, and it takes constantly doing it. And that's how they're able to have, um, you know, these great followings is, um, you know, growing up in a place like Eugene, uh, Oregon, you, you know, you could see um, there were these bands that just like no means no, you know, who would continue to come through town and, and, uh, and continue to foster these, even these smaller markets. And it's, it's huge. And you, and it's kind of what you have to do to be able to make it work. And, we just didn't have, um, you know, didn't have the the gas to to make it work in the states. As far, especially as far as the East Coast, it's hard to get out there if you don't have yeah. markets all across the country. Yeah, and it's been great to see more shows happening with the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Uh, White Teeth Black Thoughts was released. Uh, when was it? Last year, wasn't it? Just middle of last year. I think so. I lose track of time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys have had a, a lot of dates going on there. And you don't have to say anything if, if you can't, but uh, have I seen something about another album in the works? Now, um, I'm, I'm embarrassed here, uh, but uh, I, and I, I hate to drop this on you here, but I, I'm actually not in that group anymore. Okay. Well, th there are changes happening with the group. They just... Uh, 
Bill just left, the guitar player. That's right. We've got a new guitar player. And also, um, Kevin, who had been playing drums for quite some time, is not playing with the group anymore. Also, um, Joe, the alto sax player. Uh, so there have been a bunch of lineup changes in the last um, year in particular. I mean, it's just been, um, I mean, it's a half different band. Well, you're, yeah, you're dropping a lot of news on me here. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But uh, yeah, I, I get it. So that, that's cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had so much fun in the past, oh, I don't know, probably two or three years just getting to see the daddies in action so much more and, and you know, getting to see you play around. It was a, a lot of fun. So yeah, well, and, and the last, uh, in particular, the last um, uh, few times that we played down there uh that i played down there with the daddies were a blast the last show that we had that i played the one that um that you did uh that you filmed um right right at the clubhouse that uh, doesn't exist anymore but uh, oh really wow you know that's that's the way live music venues go and i i think it's everywhere but particularly tempe seems to to kind of have a, a musical curse right now it for the longest time, it was the kind of live music capital of Arizona. Not the case anymore. It's it's down to uh, about one or two venues, and that's, I hear, going to change soon as well. Wow. Even, even where the Mad Caddies are playing, I believe you guys are playing at Club Red when yes. you are here. Yeah. Uh, they just announced that they are moving. They're expanding to a, a larger location, but they're moving to Mesa, so Oh. The city to the east. Yeah. So that's one fewer venue in Tempe. So yeah. interesting shift in the whole musical landscape here. Huh. But yeah, Clubhouse, no no longer, but that was an amazing show when you guys played there. Oh, man. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Uh, um, I have uh, I have some, some fun memories there. I bet. And the funny thing about that, that Clubhouse show with the daddies, and I love having it on video because I just – feel so bad for Dan every time I watch it because he was so sick during that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he played just sitting down pretty much the whole show, and he had to leave to throw up. And <laughs> oh, oh, it's miserable. It's miserable. I've watched him do that a bunch of times. And yeah. It just, oh, it's it's tough. That that poor guy's got, uh, yeah, his, he's got lots of issues to deal with with his uh, gentle stomach and everything else. Oh yeah, yeah. No ailments of plenty, and uh, well, I mean, I guess allergies aren't ailments, but when it gets to that level, they kind of are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, speaking of Dan, uh, is there ever going to be any anything more from the Visible Men? You know, I don't know. We've both been uh, really busy lately, uh, and uh, we've been uh, talking about getting together. And, and actually, I mean, uh, one of the things that we were going to do for the longest time was. Um, we have been working over the years on uh, a bunch of alter ego bands, uh, and so, and we've realized a few of them, but we've also um, started recordings for some of them as well. So, ideally, at some point here within the next couple of years, we're going to have a few alter ego EPs uh, that we can throw out there. And uh, as far as another full length Visible Men album, I don't know. Um, it's really we initially started out as a duo, but we really quickly got attached to our drummer, Jordan. And uh, when he left town, it was kind of, you know, we just never had a, a further incarnation of it that worked. Yeah. Well, it was, 
I, I never got to compliment you on that project, but uh, I thought it was extremely entertaining. And uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the... I think it was on the... You did two albums, right? Yeah. Okay, so I think it was the, the first one, the one that had the, the socks on the cover. Uh-huh. And Semen Factory? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. I love that song. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was just... Those two albums were uh, a fantastic experience. Having, a, having uh, somebody say, hey, we want you guys to... Uh, make a couple of records and and uh, you know we want to uh, do something that's true to your songs and that you basically get to you know have a complete uh, uh, say in other than you know certain things but I mean for the most part we were basically uh, let loose to have uh, have that studio be our musical playground and we just had a blast so uh, I mean that'll never uh, it's a really rare thing that somebody says we're going to financially back your crazy idea. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so looking back, that seems like uh, uh, lightning in a bottle. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys had fun. And speaking of fun, you know, I have to double check with you on this because I saw this on the uh, good old Wikipedia, which is always right. So I have to ask you about this. Okay. Did did you actually collaborate with Fat Mike on the the soundtrack for the uh, the fetish film? I did. I didn't know about that. I want to hear about that. So um, I've been working with um, with Mike on. He's been working on a musical, and so he initially enlisted me to help him uh, record some of the songs and kind of flesh them out with piano parts. And one day while we were uh, getting ready, we were setting up, I started playing a Scott Joplin rag that I had been working on, just trying to get sounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, my goodness, my girlfriend and I are making a silent porn and it's going to be, you know, in black and white and everything. And you need to you need to play the soundtrack. And I, I mean, I said, yeah, absolutely, of course. And thought well that'll that'd be amazing if that ever happened and right right um sure enough uh it did and he had me uh write a bunch of material for it and then we sat down and put it all together and uh it ended up uh, we won best soundtrack and best song at the avns um i guess it was uh not this year because it's in january not this year but the year before um, and the film won best BDSM release as well. So um, it was, and we were all there. It was quite, uh, quite a night. I I bet that's that's certainly something great for your resume right there. Oh yeah. Well, and I I, I actually, um, I mean, it was all very very surreal. And then at a certain point, um, I was, I could have, I was reaching out and touching distance from Ron Jeremy. Wow. I thought, okay, all right, wow. And I didn't. I did not reach out and touch him. because. Well, I, that's probably a good thing, but okay. the fact that you could have. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, well, that's awesome, man. I Yeah, I, I was reading and following that whole thing as it was going on, but I had no idea that you were involved with it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a blast. And, um, and to, to this day remains just one of the coolest projects I've ever worked on, for sure. I mean, and, and of course... I mean, probably the my favorite thing on my resume too, you know. <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. 
All right, Dustin. Well, this has been awesome. We'll go ahead and wrap it up. Just want to remind people that Dirty Rice, the new Mad Caddies album, is going to be out on May 13th on Fat Records. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear this whole thing. Um, Not that uh, I have any idea what any of them are going to sound like, but do you have a favorite track on the album? Um, Yeah, I I think um, my favorite track on it is... um is called shot in the dark it was written um lyrics were written by fat mike and uh was a real collaboration it's got a very kind of weird uh funky kind of new orleans um uh brass band reggae feel very interesting song uh and uh just a cool party tune excellent well i'll definitely look for that and uh yeah can't wait to hear this stuff man well dustin thanks again man it's been fun hanging out and i will catch up with you again soon thanks jason take care Thanks again to Dustin. That was great talking to him again. Remember, the new Mad Caddies album is out on Fat Records. It's called Dirty Rice. It'll be out on May 13th. You can order it now from Fat Records. Check that out. Well, we are wrapping up this episode of the Rogue Planet podcast. Remember to check out rogueplanet.tv for all of the geeky news you need to know. We'll be back soon with more. On behalf of Caleb, Maureen, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again in probably a week. I won't give you a time. We'll talk to you sometime if we're lucky enough to talk to you. Adios. Adios! Merry Christmas to all, and to the rest of you, get the hell off my lawn.